Hello and welcome, lovely ones, back to the Joe and Co show. I am Joe Hall, your podcast hostess. And today's episode, I am officially dedicating to all those mamas out there that are juggling so much in their lives, running their businesses, leading their careers, you know, doing all the things. And I am chatting with my lovely guest, Netta Hargreaves. And one of the big topics we talk about is living a guilt-free life, right? You want to know more about that? (laughs) So listen in because this is perfect for you to ditch the guilt finally. And well, I've nothing more to say really other than to just say, enjoy the episode and listen in now. So welcome, Netta, to the Joe and Co show. We have just been having a gorgeous preamble, <laughs> as I always do with my guests. And I can't wait to record this episode with you. It's just going to be, oh, there's going to be so many women out there that this is going to resonate with. So I'm going to shut up for a minute and <laughs> hand it over to you because I'd love you to introduce yourself to our listeners, please, and just explain a bit about what you do. Oh, brilliant. I am so excited to be here with you, Joe. <laughs> so I'm Netta Hargreaves, and um, I'm really passionate about women's empowerment. And specifically, I'm really passionate about mums feeling empowered within themselves, sovereign within themselves on their mothering journey. Um, because as we were just saying, you know, so many women kind of get lost somewhere, like their sense of self gets lost when they become mums. And you know, it happened to me and it's been a beautiful and sometimes just harrowing journey, just finding <laughs> finding that courage to to really stand up for, for my needs and, and what's important to me and to be a better mom because I'm a better person. So um and also I'm really passionate about something that we are both familiar with called human design. We and do. it's all about like this. really understanding who you are as an individual, how you were designed to operate and how you can be your best self using all the knowledge and the tools that are available to you. Yeah, we both love human design, don't we? It's just, (laughs) I mean, and it's new to me, you know, many listeners probably don't even know what human design is. Um, But, you know, it came into my life last year and it's, it's been a game changer to understand it. Um, could you just describe to our listeners what human design is because I know we're going to be talking about human design or we might even say the word design in our conversation this morning so yes do you want to just briefly explain what it is yes so human design demystify it (laughs) well it's 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 certainly mystifying and it's almost like to me the what it is and how it came about isn't so important. I mean, it's good to understand, but what it's really done for me on a practical level, it's just really giving me a really solid understanding of how I am meant to operate in this world. So human design is basically a super, super individualized blueprint of how you are designed to operate, how you're designed to use your energy, how you're designed to manifest, and basically how you're designed to live your best life with ease, understanding and using all your strength. Yeah. Um, And it is like I said, it's super, super individual. So it's not a cookie cutter approach to where the word blueprint is actually almost like wrong because we've started associating a blueprint with, look, that's what worked for me. So this is going to work for you and you and you. And it's not like that. It's like everyone's human design is uniquely different. 
yeah and understanding it is yeah. super and, and from my perspective you know what you've just articulated is exactly the experience that I've had so you touched earlier and when we were we were chatting before we hit the record button we talked about you know being a mum and you know how how you said that you you felt a sense of something missing as you stepped into motherhood do you want to just share your story a little bit yeah well I mean I've I've always had sort of from, from when I left home, which was around 20, um, like when I look back now, I've, I've always had this real strong sense of self that I couldn't even explain where it came from. Because if you sort of look at my upbringing, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot to suggest that, you know, I should have been showing up in the world that I was. Um, but I knew I needed to leave home and I sort of went off and I traveled and I lived in the States for a while. And I was just looking back, I can really see how I was just living out my design and who I was supposed to be and taking all the risks and having all the fun and the adventures. And I guess I was doing that for such a long time. I mean, I didn't have my daughter until I was in my very, very late 30s. So I had her Mm -hmm. the day before my 39th birthday. So I've kind of had this strong experience of, you know, I do what I want when I want with whom I want, that sort of a thing. And, you know, yep. I had the career and the money and, and all that independence that came with it. And then when I had Lily, I had you know, decided together with my partner that, you know, we were going to follow sort of a certain parenting style and really be available to her. And I didn't, I just finished some contracting um, and I was actually taking a break from from doing a degree So I didn't necessarily have a job that I was going back to. So it was like, okay, I'm going to take this time out and be with this kid. Um, And it was great and beautiful and rewarding and confusing in all the things when when you have your first child. Mm -hmm. Um, Sounds familiar. (laughs) But really early on, I sort of had this sense of where am I in all this? Because, you know, having a baby and especially having your first baby, it is so all consuming and it's all about yeah. your child's needs and that I mean that's as it should be um because becoming a mother in and of itself is an initiation and that initial closeness and and that bonding I mean that that's all as it should be and I'm not saying that you should go off gallivanting you know a couple <laughs> of weeks after you popped out a kid at all <laughs> but you know from a relatively early sort of point it was like okay you know where am I in all of this like where's all my independence my freedom you know my get up and go do what I want when I want so I was just sharing with you know I started a blog when when Lily was six months old it was like I need that something that is mine that is uniquely mine that I can go Mm. to um and I did that for a while and that really fulfilled me and then as my journey sort of progressed it was just really continuing to have that sense of awareness of of what it is that I could ask for because also I felt I had no role model you know there were mums who had their kids and then they did their thing at home and then they went back to work and then there were mums that were like you know full-time mums and loving it and having you know one kid that they were completely devoted to or multiple kids Mm. and I just didn't see a lot of in between and I didn't really see where I fit in and then it was like okay so I'm choosing to be with my daughter and I'm choosing not to have a career or outside interests at this particular point while she was little little so I stayed with her for about two years before I went back to school but then there was also this sense of guilt like you know what can I ask for 
Like, you know, what support can I ask for? What can I ask for for myself when I've chosen to be with her, which also, you know, had other ramifications in terms of, you know, mm. not having that external outside validation that you get from your career. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was a really interesting journey because I went from like, you know, single high earner to stay at home mom. And um, it was a real journey of, you know, how do I stay true to myself and be the best version of me and be the best mom I can be to this child that I've desired for such a long yeah. time. Yeah. It's it's fascinating because my my journey with motherhood and balancing career is is actually quite different. But the thing I wanted to pick up on in particular that kind of just struck a chord with me there was the word guilt. And mm. you know, I I was I've I've always been career driven. So my drive was to get back to work to provide, but also I wanted to get back to work because of the status that it gave me both financially in terms of the job title, you know, the responsibilities and the business travel and the lifestyle I then had because of the career I was, I was enjoying at the time. But I missed out on so much of my children and their time, you know, missing school fates and sports days. And, so, and that was a choice, right? Mm. <laughs> it's still a choice. You know, I could have said no to the business travel or I could have said no to those meetings that happened to be in the afternoon of sports day. I could have blocked out time in my calendar but I almost felt guilty if I did do that. And it's, I think guilt crops up in so many facets, especially in, in women's lives, that we don't give ourselves permission to look after ourselves first. And it's taken me a long time to finally realise that actually when I look after myself and I'm fulfilled and I feel wholesome and healthy and in a good place, I can be so much of a better mum and a business coach and run my business and run the house and be a friend and be an amazing partner. I can do all the things if I look after myself first. Yes. And it's it that has complete that revelation for me. And do you know what? I honestly don't know when that really happened. It's happened in the last couple of years and it's perhaps a slow drip feed because there's no there's no trigger point that that comes to mind. But that realization has just meant I honestly wholeheartedly don't feel guilty about anything now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yay <laughs> and it's it's so liberating right because yes. if I if I want to go out and see friends or if I want to do my thing or if I don't want to watch the same movie that the family are watching I know well we all have the ability to choose anything that we want and desire but I don't have the guilt attached to anything anymore yeah. and it's it's just yeah so yeah, I'm I'm in that same place, which, like you said, it's so liberating. Like I've just went away for for a day this week. I sort of got to the end of last week and went, okay, I'm feeling a bit I'm feeling a bit overstimulated. I'm sort of feeling like all this stuff is coming in, and I'm feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I haven't been away because I, I like to go away by myself ever so often. I thought, oh, you know, with lockdown and whatnot, I haven't been away since yeah. you know just before Christmas. I need like 24 hours away and it's just like okay you know what do I want um do I want to stay in somebody's Airbnb it's actually no I want to be as alone as possible <gasps> and I'm just going to oh, book myself a campsite good. for a night <laughs> I've got my car set up to where I can sleep in my car and it's like super super cozy and comfy so it's like right I'm just going to car camp for one night and for me to feel free and independent, which is so important to me, I need to be yes. able to go, okay, 
I can assess when it's practical. You know, I know what's going on in the family. And then I need to be able to say, I'm going on this day and just yeah. go yeah, and have that freedom. And that is just the best thing. And like you said, it's, it's now, it's guilt-free. Yeah. Um, and, you know, on that journey of, of self-love, which I'm sure, you know, you've had a lot of facets of it. That's when something, when, when my daughter was little, it, it was a buzzword, right? Like everybody was doing like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even self-love, it was self-care. Everyone was doing self-care, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, so what is this thing called self-care? And it was always like, well, you know, chocolate cake and having a bath and, you know, going yes. out for coffee and all of those things. And then like, I do some of them and it'd be like, okay, well, that was kind of sort of nice. And I don't feel as sort of filled up as I would like to be. Yep. And what I've come to understand over the years is, you know, like self-love isn't chocolate cake. I posted about this on Instagram a while ago. It's like, we have this idea that, you know, self-care is like, you know, you buy something for yourself or you go and have a massage mm. and those are mm. all great things. Mm. And when behind it, you have maybe the guilt and the shame and the, you know, am I allowed to do this? And is it okay for me to take this time? That's not self-care because really what self-care to me is it's self-love. Yeah. And if you don't truly love yourself and truly know that you can do these things that make you feel good because just because they make you feel good then it's just like window dressing. It's just something else that we think we need to do in order to say that we've I, I done it. I completely agree. And the other thing that I would add to that is the fact that I had thought previously that self-care was more about giving to myself, but from an external place. So like you say, you know, going out shopping or having a coffee or, you know, treating myself to a slice of cake or having a massage and, you know, give me all of those things and I will enjoy them for sure. But for mm-hmm. me, self-care comes back down to and I say this so often on my podcast but it's it's becoming my mantra really it's about what feels right for you so self-care can be actually feeding yourself and again that's internal that's external than nourishing the inside but it's it comes from a place of actually the desire and the need comes from within you rather than it being an external fix Yes. And, you know, it can be, you know, you eating really different foods because you, 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 you're you drawn or intuitively guided to eat, you know, fresh fruit or, you know, have the bowl of chips, you know, or whatever it is that you you feel intuitively guided to do because that your body is calling you out for that sense of nourishment. Or mm. it could be rest or it could be a walk or it could be some exercise or it could be social contact. It could be all sorts of things. But actually, for me, the self-care comes from a place of inside first and then the outside fulfills that need and that's been a revelation for me because it's not actually a tick box or even a brainstorm of what things I love you know on a piece of paper and they go oh yeah I'll do x y and z Mm. it in the moment it comes from a place of what's right for me right now absolutely and just allowing yourself to get still long enough to listen to that yeah yeah yeah, and it can be, you know, exactly that point, can't it? To to actually just stop, tune yeah. in, and then it and it's then it's a case of actually just stop work, Joe. That's self care. Yeah. You know, you're exhausted, you're tired, your eyes are straining, or you know, you need a glass of water. Just go and get a break. That's self care. Yeah. You know, it's the yeah. simple things. And, yeah, and um, often, yeah, it, it can start with just stopping because if we're so engaged in our everyday. Or, you know, we have so much input coming at us. It, it's often like having that pause 
to, to actually mm. get back to mm. what, what do I feel? Yeah. And I've really noticed that going away because, you know, whenever I do go away, I pack like all the things. I'll pack like a crochet <laughs> project and I'll pack books and I'll pack my journal. And for at least like sort of the first afternoon, I end up just like doing nothing. I just kind of sort of zone out. Like I remember yeah. like just a couple of days ago, I was just sitting on the beach and I was like, just like there, but zoning out. And there was part of me going, wait, you haven't been in the sea at all this year. Like, you know, shouldn't you go for a swim? And it was like, yeah. And like, and, and once you become still, like all these things are, are bubbling up that you just haven't had space for. Like, you know, yeah. at one point yeah. I was just, you know, I just found myself feeling sad and crying because I lost my little dog a couple of months ago. Oh, and it wasn't really like a whole, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't the whole, like, you know, sob story of this outpouring of grief it was just like those few tears and those few moments of just feeling really sad and going oh you know I miss you and I miss having like I miss having you by my side and having these experience with you yeah um and like in your everyday those almost like those smaller moments that aren't the full-out grief or sadness there's not so much room because we become so I mean I hate the word busy but like for me, it's like we become so stimulated with what's going on in our environment, whether that's, you know, yeah. our families or, you know, social media or, you know, the mentoring programs that we're part of. It's all great stuff, but it's a lot of outside stuff coming yeah. in all the time. So it raises a question in my mind then for mums, you know, because often the word and I don't like the word busy either. Um, <laughs> it has so many negative connotations for me these days. Mm. But when you're a mum, you know, life is, as you rightly say, overstimulated. It's 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 all consuming, isn't it? So what's your advice to mums to really find that time for themselves? You know, because mm. often it's a case of, oh, I can't do this because I've got a floor to mop and I've got to load the dishwasher and I've got the kids to put to bed. And, and you know, and it's everything's on the go. How, how yeah. can mums find time for themselves? Well, I mean, again, I feel it's it's a really individual quest. Um, but to me, it starts actually with the courage to say yes to yourself. It starts with the courage mm. to just acknowledge that you have needs and that your needs are important. And I think from that point, you can start to explore what it is that you need and how does it fit into your day and what can you commit to? And it's not like we start out with saying, okay, you know, I've got, you know, two toddlers running amok, um, but now I need to have like, you know, an hour for my morning routine or, you know, an hour to do yoga at night. It's, it's start with what's not what's practical necessarily, but what's possible. Like, you yeah. know, what little thing can you commit to? Um, and, you know, it could be as simple as, okay, you know, whenever I do, my skincare routine, I'm just really, I'm, I'm going to really enjoy looking after myself. And, mm. you know, I, I'd make all my own skincare products. So when I do my face at night, it's not a long process at all. But I really sort of revel in that sensation of having like, you know, a hot cloth on my face, or then I have um, a beautiful oil with rose water, and I take some time Ooh. to just really smell that. And it's those little things that just are those those moments of pause where you just go, oh, yeah. And you don't skip on those and you don't compromise on those. Or maybe yeah. 
you know, whatever you might do in the morning. Like again, I sort of have like a face roller and I do a little facial massage and it's just, you know, it only takes minutes, but it's kind of like that signal to myself that I'm doing this for myself and it feels Mm, good. mm, So mm. I think the most important thing is, you know, whatever you're doing comes from a place of I'm loving on myself right now. I'm giving to myself and it makes me feel good. Yeah. Because again, it's like, you know, the going out for coffee because self-care says you should. It's like, no. As much as it's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. I'm doing it because it makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be that, you know, you decide to do some breathing exercises or you just, you know, light a candle at a certain point of your your morning or your evening. Um, I think it can, you know, if, if you're in the middle of just being in like full on mama mode and like, you know, everything is external and out there giving, it's just starting small with what's possible. Because yeah. once you start feeling good and you start feeling good about yourself, you're going to want more of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It becomes a catalyst, doesn't it? Yes. The other thing that I've noticed, and I know this to be so true, is the fact that by learning to love yourself and give yourself those moments of nourishment and care, you're also giving your children permission to do exactly yes. the same. And I think this was a real game changer for me because I you know, I think as mums, we want our children to grow up and be happy, basically, Mm -hmm. healthy and happy. But part of that comes from being psychologically well, and actually having the capability to look after and nourish ourselves first, you know, we come into this world on our own, and we leave it on our own. So it's it is it is our own journey. It's nobody else's. I think the key thing that I'm sure all mums would agree is that we want to be role models to our children. You know, I mean, I am not going to go into, uh, you know, a conversation about, you know, my mum and the relationship I have with her and, you know, what 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 she has brought into my life, because there's good and bad points. But mm. what she was not great at was giving to herself. And she's still very, very self-deprecating, like hugely so. And I didn't want to ever be like that. And by consciously changing my my mindset, my belief around myself, changing the words that I use about myself, accepting compliments with grace, um, you know, all these little things, I am actually showing my children how to love themselves too and give them permission to do that. And I think that's such a gift. You know, if we work on ourselves, it has a ripple effect out because it isn't just your children that you're role modeling it's you know other friends notice that you're looking greater and happier and you know more youthful or vibrant or whatever it may be and they go wow you're looking amazing or go you you feel great at the moment what's going on what's your secret recipe kind of thing and you're giving them permission or at least challenging their thought process to go I want some of that how can I get it so the ripple effect of working on you is and this is another reason why guilt has just dissipated out of my life is because I know that by working on myself, the ripple effect of positivity on others is immense. Not just my clients, not just my children. I shouldn't even have the just in there, should I? (laughs) (laughs) It goes way beyond that. And then some, because they become the role models and and there on it goes. Yes. And yeah, especially for our children, it is so important to see us living our best lives because like yes. you said, that's what we want for them. Yes. And if our girls see us doing all the things and doing all the giving, 
you know, we may tell them that, you know, we want them to be independent and self-certified and, you know, standing up for what they believe in and all of those things. And it's great to have, you know, books and all those external role models. I mean, my daughter is currently like deeply, deeply into things like, you know, good night stories for rebel girls. And it's all great stuff. (laughs) You know, it's all great stuff about empowered women. And she also has to see that an empowered woman lives in her house. You know, it's it's not all about externalizing it um, and going, you know, to the past, to women who have done great things. It's like, you know, what are we doing now? And then also for our sons to see, well, this, this is how women give, but also women get like, you know, you don't really want, you know, your sons to grow up thinking that the women do all the work and, Mm -hmm. you know, everything Mm -hmm. gets done for them. Yep. Yep. So I've, I've seen that, you know, I know a great many moms who are so dedicated to their children and it's absolutely beautiful. And I think our children also really need to see us being fulfilled yes in ourselves and not through the things that we do for others and the other thing that just came into my mind as well was having the ability to ask for help you know I think Mm -hmm. a lot of women think you know you know we've gone along you know the the sort of feminine movement and and I can't say I'm a, a huge feminist but you know there's this I love being independent but actually independence can actually be to my own detriment because I will run the house I will take care of everything you know Joe will have the income you know Joe Joe will sort things mm-hmm. out you know Joe will always be the person that people come to for advice and she'll always be there for her children and blah 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 but then it's a case of hang on a minute that balance gets out of kilter and actually just by asking for help allows other people to support and nourish you as well but also then creates an environment where there's an expectation that we look after one another. It isn't all Mm. about one person giving, which is often the the mother role, right? The mother is there to give and provide and nurture. No, it should be and must be a two-way thing. And I think Mm. that way we then teach children of either sex, either gender, how to be a more wholesome and thoughtful person in the whole process. And it doesn't half feel great, doesn't it? Mm, to get it yeah. to be able to give but also to receive yeah I call what you were just describing the curse of capability <laughs> and it's like yeah. just because yeah. you can doesn't mean you should that is so um, true that is so and true it's also about it's about leaning back in and creating that space for other people to support you because yeah. for a great many women and I'm sure you and I've been both um on that road and have fallen in the trap before, you know, we, we have been so conditioned that, you know, we can do everything and we can sort it all out. And actually it, it takes some stepping back and not sorting it out, even though you could to yes. leave room for somebody else to step in yes. and, and support you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that, that was a huge part of my journey. I mean, it's, it's really strange to look back because again, because I sort of went from like totally doing my own thing to be a stay-at-home mom, you know, my relationship at the time changed completely. And all of a sudden, I was basically what, you know, a couple of decades before would have been called a housewife, doing Uh all the things. Yep. And, you know, my husband would sort of, you know, come and go. And then I go, you know, I'm not coping very well. Like, I'm not finding, I mean, I love being with my daughter and all the things, And I'm not finding the housework part particularly rewarding. (laughs) 
And then it was like I felt really, again, guilty about asking for his help when it was just sort of like everyday stuff that like in theory I should have had the time and the capacity to sort out. But because it wasn't fulfilling, it kind of, it, it drained me beyond what was reasonable, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's yeah. it's something I've been on a journey with, again, sort of for, for a long time. And I finally sort of within the last year kind of cracked it to where I've set kind of a standard for what's happening in the house and when. And just like a minimum level every day rather than letting it go to the dogs and having like a huge massive effort to get it clean again. Yeah. And yeah. because because I set it up in a way that other people could understand, it's now, you know, my daughter does certain things and it's very clear what she's responsible for. And my husband stepped up and he's taken on a whole bunch of other stuff beyond what he was already contributing. Mm. And I'm in this beautiful place now for the last couple of months where I'm going, wow, it's actually easy. Like, wow, <laughs> I actually have a lot of time. But that's, and it's great. Only, that's only because you recognize where the sort of the frustrations were lying yeah. and asked for help. You asked, you, you gave yourself permission to ask for support, you know, and that takes courage because we put this label mm. on ourselves sometimes as mum that we should be able to do this. We should be able to cope with it. We should be able to be super mum, have the career, have the business, have the lifestyle, look after the house, look after the kids. And when you think about it, they're all careers in their own right. You know, that, that's almost like a full-time mission looking after yeah. one child, never mind throwing in looking after the upkeep of a house and running a business or run, you know, at running your career, etc. Yeah. We put so much pressure on ourselves and think we should have to do something mm. because we see this and it's external you know we compare ourselves to so many other women and think you know that's how it should be done I'd be a lesser person or not a good person or incompetent if I wasn't doing all the things but that's just a load of bullshit isn't it yeah and that's where I think as women really we often we often even with with our sisters and our friends we so often kind of put on that brave face because you know we want to be seen as having it all sorted when behind the scenes it's just like you know as as entrepreneurs you know we want to be seen as you know being out there and doing our thing and having our business all sorted and the shadow side which is what you so often talk about you know in this podcast is you know what is it behind the scenes that everybody feels but nobody really talks about yes and we do the same as women we do the same as moms you know we kind of want to have this beautiful you know, storefront that says, look, you know, isn't it all pretty and isn't it all beautiful? And then yeah. behind the scenes, you know, we, we don't want to be the ones saying, actually, I feel really shit today. Or I haven't got it together at all. I know. It takes bravery to do that. Yeah. The, the, it, I can't remember where I read it. I, I read so much stuff, but I can never remember the source of all these things, the, the, this information. But I do recall somebody writing or me reading something about, when a woman looks like she's got all her shit together, nobody then steps up to help her because they yes. think that she's got all her shit together. <laughs> yeah. and I, I ought to find out where I got that. I'm sure I haven't quoted it quite right. But I just thought, how true is that? Because when somebody looks so, you know, pulled together and on it, it's like, oh, well, I'll leave it to them then. And it's no one's going to then step up, are they? Yeah. So I think having that sense of vulnerability and then allowing other people to support you is so liberating and as you rightly said and it's one of my favorite words is it creates so much more ease doesn't it who doesn't want that (laughs) yeah I'm just going to take you back a couple of minutes if I may because you said something Mm. about you know 
I don't consider myself to be much of a feminist. (laughs) And (laughs) I totally, totally relate because when I was in the corporate world, like, you know, so many women, and for a great many years, because I was so masculine and having all the success, I was kind of like, well, I don't really get all this feminist stuff because kind of like, haven't we moved beyond that? And now that I've sort of dived much more into being in the feminine, I've just really come to understand how there's so many more subtleties because because a lot of early feminism I guess was you know we can be like men we can do the things that men can do yeah we can and we can and you know our feminine energy as as you know is is very different it's much more cyclical it's much more Mm. flowing I've kind of gone that route from like oh you know what's this feminism stuff to actually going well to me feminism is actually living in your in your feminine, I guess, in and, and letting that be okay and, and being true to who you are as a woman in whatever role you you have. And, you know, if I can take it one step further, it's it's being in tune with the divine feminine. Yeah. And, you know, having an understanding that, you know, that there's that that original sort of creatrix energy, I mean if if you take it to prehistoric times, which is kind of taken it on a different tangent, you know, taking it back to that time where women were revered as you know being able to create and give life and women were much more the the leaders in the communities so that's kind of like my my next level take on on feminism is not trying to be like someone else you know be like a man it's about you know being who you were innately created to be and being freaking okay with that and being proud of it yeah yeah oh Lovely. That sounds like a beautiful way to end this podcast. And we didn't hardly even touch on human design, really. <laughs> it's all woven into the magic anyway. We know that. Yeah. I think uh, I think I need to get you back on another episode where we talk just purely about human design letter because that's just a mm. fascinating subject, isn't it? It Which is. warrants warrants an episode, I think, in its own right. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, what you said earlier, I, I know we're wrapping up. I'm just going to say what you said earlier. It's 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 about that validation of like, oh, look, this is how it's designed to be. So I can I stop apologizing for it. Yes, I can stop yes. apologizing for being random and like, you know, being interested in this and that and wanting all the things um, because that's that's my design. And yes. that's kind of what what it's given to me. Almost like in retrospect, it's kind of validated why all these years when when I was a mom of a much younger child when I wasn't giving myself what I needed or if when I wasn't showing up how I craved to show up I actually didn't feel particularly happy in myself yeah and that's why it's just given me that validation that it's okay to continue to ask for what I want and do what I need because I've I've experienced the opposite and it wasn't fun no (laughs) doesn't feel good at all no (laughs) anyway lovely netta thank you so much for this conversation i'm definitely getting you back on (laughs) we've got so much to talk about great i can't wait it's been so much fun oh it has such a lovely conversation um how can our listeners get hold of you Where, where are you hanging out these days okay well i love hanging out on instagram so on instagram i'm a lioness of avalon so lioness Ooh. underscore of underscore Avalon. 
which links oh. um, to sort of my my priestess lineage because um, I'm, I'm a priestess of Avalon and I have a real thing about lions which links a lot a lot a lot to African spirituality oh, and on Facebook I'm Netta Hargreaves that's N-E-T-T-E Hargreaves I am because I'm I'm on this on this new journey, which obviously you know. Um, I do of bringing human design into my work. I've got a new website coming at some point, and I've got some new social media accounts, but it's all still work in progress. So, if yeah. you follow me on the accounts I just mentioned, all that will be revealed. Perfect and oh, exciting! Can't wait to see all of that. Yes. Thank you so much, Netta, for your time this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure, and um, I just thank you so much. and you joe it's been gorgeous to connect lots of love so there you have it lovely ones another episode of the joe and co show streamed into your ears and i hope all those mamas out there who are juggling and doing the very very best that they can have got some real golden nuggets that they can take away and really change their lives and also you know be the role models not that you aren't but be even better role models for your children and allow them to live guilt-free lives too (laughs) that would be amazing wouldn't it imagine that anyway if any of you would like to connect with Netta or I then the details of working with us or connecting with us are in the show notes I do have some available one-to-one slots open at the moment and I would be delighted to work with you on guilt, self-care, self-love, any of that stuff. It's just my bag and, you know, I've worked so hard to overcome this and I'd love to leapfrog you to that place as well. So do connect if that calls to you. Anyway, all that remains as ever as I end these podcasts is to wish you lots of love and to wish you a very very happy week ahead we'll be back in your ears next Friday with an advice episode so stay tuned for that one lots of love bye